But I think more importantly is that when people recognize that the culture is one where it it's a got your back culture versus a watch your back culture, you know, that's that's a special ingredient that is a competitive edge and people are, are gonna be there committed at a level that that at other in other work environments that just won't be. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Adam Markell of More Love Media. Adam, super excited to have you on the show. Oh, it's a blast. I'm thrilled that you invited me to be here. Yes, excited myself. And um, I was just fanboying over your, your, your business name and all the awesome things that you're doing. So uh, before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about, you know, Adam, so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And best-selling author, keynote speaker, and workplace expert and resilience researcher, Adam inspires leaders to master the challenges of massive disruption in his new book, Change Proof, leveraging the power of uncertainty to build long-term resilience. And Adam is also the author of the number one Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Los Angeles Times, and Publisher Weekly's bestseller, Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. And he is the CEO and co-founder of More Love Media. Adam, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMZL community? Yeah, Gresh, let's do it. Awesome. Let's make it happen. So I, I, it sounds like you have all the keys that we need for the pandemic and everything from pivoting <laughs> to being resilient and all those things. So before we jump into what you're doing, how you're doing it, take us back. Let us hear a little bit more about your story, what I like to call your CEO story. Oh, my CEO story. All right. I'm going to give you the real abbreviated version here. I was a, a lawyer for 18 years, and that was sort of my first uh, sort of professional endeavor out of, out of school. I, I would spend a little time as a teacher before that, but I really, this was, this was my career choice. And 18 years into that, that career path, I decided to pivot. I wrote that book called Pivot, which is all about <laughs> the crazy reinvention of your life and your career at a point in time when a lot of people just would think it's too risky. Um, I ultimately had that book I think reach reach a good audience at the time. I think in 2016 when it first came out, people were were a little uncertain about that concept of a pivot. felt felt like mistake. It felt like uh, error and uh, you know failed business, failed uh, failed uh, attempts, et cetera, at creating something uh, you know that was scalable, uh, model that went bad, and so people weren't totally embracing the term at the time, even though it became a big bestseller. And it started me on this path of not only authorship, but being able to speak to business audiences primarily and and others about how it is that they pivot in in a variety of different ways. Um, And then as the pandemic was approaching, I was already incubating a book on a chapter that was within that that larger body of work that we now refer to as pivot. Um, And that chapter was about being resilient. And then as the pandemic got going, it became so readily 
obvious to me in my own in my own professional life, my own personal life, that the bigger topic, the bigger body of work was actually the work on resilience and pivoting was a subchapter or a chapter within that bigger body work. And so ultimately we incubated over the course of a couple of years, a book uh, that just was uh, released in February from McGraw-Hill called Change Proof, Leveraging the Power of Uncertainty <laughs> to Build Long-Term Resilience. And that's really the, uh, that's the stuff that our company is so focused on these days. We we help people, individuals and organizations create greater resilience. And, and that's how it is that we uh, we are, I think, creating a, a pretty positive ripple effect in the in the market and in the world. Yeah, I would definitely say, for lack of a better term, timely indeed, you know, to have all those things yeah. kind of, you know, in place and, and start to build them like during the pandemic and even before the pandemic, just the, the idea of the word pivot. But I really wanted to zero in on a word that you said that really kind of resonated with me was the word incubating. You said you were kind of incubating the books. Can you take us to why do why did you use that word? What does that kind of mean to you? Because I feel like there's a reason behind you using that word. Yeah, I mean, I think incubation is a really interesting word, too. Um, I just like saying it actually. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but, but but the truth is it, it's the process of of of, a, of things growing. Like you think about an incubator and I'm I've never really talked about it in this context before but the my first experience was when I was in grade school. And I'm not sure if that was the case for you too but they had the eggs and you know the chickens would hatch and you know from the eggs but they put it in an incubator in this little this little ecosystem that was all warm and 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 cozy and and was uh allowing this growth cycle to evolve and for us as little kids to see it. And I think that's very much the case when it comes to anything that we want to create. It's, it's, it's that same cycle of, of growth and, and nurturing, and you have to nurture things. You have to create that correct, that, that best possible ecosystem, that best environment for things to grow. Um, I'm really blessed that I'm I married my college sweetheart, a long, like back in the day is really back in the day because <laughs> we're, we're married. We'll be married 33 years this summer. We have four kids and, and anybody who's, you know, a parent out there can, can appreciate the concept of how you incubate an environment for your kids to be nurtured, for them to grow. Um, and a business is like a baby. Yeah, absolutely. I truly uh, appreciate you, you know, drilling down on that. We touched on a little bit about your book and your and your and your company, your organization. Could you take us through a little bit more about that, how you're serving your clients and you're making that impact? Sure. I would say at a basic uh, starting point, people have a specific way they look at resilience. They define it in a particular way. There's a certain paradigm that we've been living in when it comes to that that word. Um, and I'll just quickly say the old paradigm is that resilience is how we bounce back, that how we absorb the blow and keep going uh, in the midst of whatever, you know, whatever is showing up. Our definition of resilience based on this almost 4,000 um, assessment uh, results, resilience is not about endurance at all. It's about recovery. It's about the way in which we ritualize our resets in, in the day our amount of time that we are devoting, committing, intending for our recovery, for the way that we were able to regenerate our energy and, and restore ourselves. Because it's those individuals that have restoration practices and rituals that are already established during, during a typical day that are able to not only produce more creatively, think more critically, but can go the distance long and actually have greater capacity to handle more. 
um, because they're not actually teetering on burnout and they're not exhausted. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And I, I appreciate you, you know, obviously with all the work that you did. You know, people are living on in, in that state of, of fight or flight all the time. There's like this constant cortisol cocktail that's coursing through their veins. And, and that ultimately only leads, leads to a depletion, a state of depletion, which in its most extreme state or form is, uh, looks like burnout. So in that yeah. assessment, this resilient leader assessment that people literally, even, even your audience can just go to resiliencerank.com and, and get their own assessment. It's free. It's three minutes long. Um, but, but in that state of depletion, um, we are more susceptible to acute, to acute stress. So when things do change, when there is a, a disruption and one sometimes that we can't necessarily see coming or predict, uh, the person who's depleted is is far more likely to fold under that situation than the one that's, as you said, built up themselves, built their resilience up ahead of the time when it might be called for. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. And I, and I appreciate you for having, I'll call it the secret sauce, the thing that uh, that proprietary software and making it available for people to kind of go and check out as, as the thing that kind of sets you apart. So I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this might be something you already touched on, but it could be like an app, a book, something from your book or a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? The toggle paradigm or the toggle principle is simply about how we in a typical day do the same thing that we go back and forth between our on and our off switch. So as a, a CEO with so much that's always riding on what we're up to, what's going on. And, you know, a lot of it's sitting on our shoulders to make decisions and we get decision fatigue and, you know, it's like everything fatigue, zoom fatigue, you know, we have to create this, this uh, contrast between our on and our offs and, and consciously unplug and not just, theoretically, but scheduling wise, my wife, again, and I, we talk about this because if it doesn't go in my schedule, it doesn't happen typically, but when it's in my schedule, there's a good chance, like a 99% chance this thing is going to happen. So when it comes to our rest, our recovery, those moments when we, when we do sort of recharge, if it's scheduled, it's likely to happen. And the thing that, again, people don't realize about how you ritualize resilience, and that's what's part of this book is to show you how to do it. This can be everything from 10 second to one minute. That's like on the low, the, the short, quick side, almost like a, a Formula One race car coming into the pits. And two seconds later, it's leaving the pit with four new tires and a fresh get, you know, you know, tank of gas. It can be that short. Truly appreciate that. And, and I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So there's a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. Um, you might have already touched on this, but this could be something you would tell your favorite client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, I would say that resilience grows resilience. Resilience begets resilience. Resilience breeds resilience. And more than ever before, I think it, it's so important that leaders, whether you're a CEO or you're in other senior level leadership roles, that you are modeling this because when you're modeling it, then you're also giving people permission. So you have to model it for yourself for one thing, because it's going to keep you going longer and you're going to be able to perform at higher and higher levels and longer periods of time. You know, so that's a basic you know, reason to do it. But Secondarily, and I think more importantly, actually, is that it will give permission to the people around you to do the same thing, take care of themselves. And that's when 
what happens is becomes cultural. That's when there's a shift where it's you've operationalized resilience in the workplace. And now that workplace feels like a place where everybody has each other's back. And in a time like the great resignation, if you want to know how to keep people, how to attract people to your to your place. But I think more importantly is that when people recognize that the culture is one where it it's a got your back culture versus a watch your back culture, that's a that's a, a special sort of you use the word secret sauce. You know, that's that's a special ingredient that is a competitive edge and a, an unsung hero in, in whatever success you can you can imagine because people are, are gonna be there committed at a level that that at other in other work environments that just won't be because they understand that ultimately, um, you know, they're in it, they're kind of in it on their own. So let me ask you this um, for the definition of what it means to be a CEO. Our goal is to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. And just as you talked about resilience um, can have a new and different and unique perspective. Um, we hope to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So what does being a CEO mean to you, Adam? I think it's like being a parent. And, and again, not everybody's a parent, but a CEO is you're a leader, obviously. It, it means that that what you do matters matters beyond just yourself. This is not just about you. In fact, it's one of the one of the things that I say to to myself. I remind myself about this before I do a podcast like the one we're doing now, or I'm speaking on a stage to three people or three thousand people. Um, it's that it's not about me. And and I think that's what a CEO has to remind themselves because ego is a big part part of what is in the way of us being at our best. You know, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning. I mean, the worst the worst CEOs don't wake up in the morning and put their feet on the floor and go, you know, I want to be an egotistical, you know, sob today. Um, it it's just that the self awareness piece is sometimes is sometimes missing, and. Um, when you recognize or when you remind yourself as, as I am uh, apt to do to remind myself, it's not about me, um, that we're servants in this case, a servant leader, um, which I think is a, a, a good term. Then, uh, then there's a humility that comes with that because there's tremendous privilege and there's also uh, tremendous responsibility that, that harmonizes that. Truly appreciate that, Adam, and I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people get a hold of you, get a copy of your books and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. You know, you can go to changeproof.com is the way to get the book, changeproof.com. You'll get not only access there to the assessment if you'd like, but you'll also get what's called a walk with Adam, which is a gift to uh, to folks that go there, um, which is an opportunity for us to take a walk together because I one of my big rituals is walking and I love to listen to things, whether it's music or I listen to an audible. So it's me reading about 30 pages of the book, but it's less about the reading and more about what am I thinking about? What's my pregame? How do I prepare for that walk? What am I doing on the walk? When do I stop and pause and and look and ask and, and then make decisions or, or think about my choices and things? Um, which is a theme throughout the book, this pause, ask, choose theme. So changeproof.com, they can get all the access to the, the book, the assessment, the walk, et cetera. I think that's a, a great place to begin. And, and if your audience includes uh, companies that are looking for speakers, they can find out more about my my own public speaking there as well. There's a link to my Adam Markell site from changeproof.com. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Adam, truly appreciate you, obviously, for taking time out today and obviously for the work that you do as well, too. We're going to have links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Awesome, Gresh. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.